This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Ever Forever Bristol City Podcast. What a week. What an absolute week. Uh, Nigel's gone. Uh, lots of reaction to that, which we're going to talk about. I'm delighted today to be joined by uh, Ian, Mark and uh, Les. We're going to go through the match action, speculate on the managerial talk, um, some of the things that have been said by the hierarchy. For what it's worth, I thought uh, yesterday it was a little bit mooted, the uh, Nigel Pearson gone, protest, few chance towards the end of the game, but uh, the hierarchy got off lightly there. But uh, three points uh, does make a difference, doesn't it? But there we go. Um, as we usually do, um, thoughts on the team. I'll start with you, Ian. Four, four changes. You know, no, no, Dave Rennie's gone, uh, and then four players you've been out injured come back. Were you surprised at that lineup? I was surprised to see Matty James out there. Um, I, I wasn't surprised to see um, the lineup itself, and good to have all those players back. Uh, for me, yesterday, the positives were three points and a clean sheet. We had 65% possession, and for once, when we've had a lot, lot more possession, we won. Um, seven shots on target. We were shooting more from outside the box. We did pass the ball forward more times we passed the ball forward 400 times but the uh where we fell down is uh touches in the opposition box and that probably tells you a lot about bristol city um but and i was very pleased to see the crowd hold up as well it is this twenty two and a half thousand with the away side bringing about two and a half um by the way, great following from Sheffield Wednesday yesterday. I'm absolutely convinced we wouldn't have taken that many to Sheffield Wednesday if we were bottom of the league and where they are. And I, I didn't think they looked a bad team. I think they had some really quick players. That impressed me. So all good, you know, good stuff. Good to see that will be, I think, Curtis Fleming's last game. Um, so he can say he's got had 100% managerial record in Bristol City. Said, walking out the uh, ground, he's got 100% record. Uh, Les, uh, 
I haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, as somebody said, another 1-0 win and ugly because Sheffield, even when they were down to 10 men, they weren't a bad side, were they? Well, I don't know. What did you think? What were your thoughts immediately after the game? I thought it was a fitting ending to the Pearson era in that we were slow, uh, pedestrian, lacked any creativity anywhere on the pitch, made a really poor side look half decent and they could have scored once or twice before we did. Good luck to the new manager because when Pearson side a load of rudders, that's all well and good, but you need quality to break teams down and we haven't got anyone who can really do that. If you look at it, most of our goals recently have come from set pieces. So no, I wasn't very impressed. Um, hopefully a more creative manager will come in and get into 2023. I think uh, this loving, this Pearson loving, I mean, he did a lot of good work behind the scenes, as we know, but on the pitch, I've seen nothing over the last two and a half years to say, you know, just yeah. to, to really get this kind of, this. So glad it's not just me. I think the thing is, somebody, a couple of people on social media were commenting about the marvelous moments we've had with Nigel, and I have to say, okay, it's been one or two good games, but I, I was struggling to, to think. I mean, even under Lee, you know, you can talk about the Man United Cup run, but you know, it's been, it's been dull. What were your thoughts on the final whistle, Mark? I mean, the guys have said it's a win, it's a clean sheet. What, what did you think? I think. In, if you look at the game, it's very counterproductive for the board because, the, the, you know, having, they had the, they, they had the narrative um, talking about Nigel Pearson's dismissal because obviously there's an NDA in place and he can't talk from his point of view because he's gagged. The board have talked up the quality of the squad. That game completely exposed, as usual, the deficiency of the squad and that I that we were not good enough to challenge at the top of the table. A team that played with fear in the opposition penalty box, not uh, passing the ball in, enough in the in the box and taking having shooting chances, hitting those low low passes, somebody throwing themselves at, at, at the ball, getting ahead of the ball, getting goal side, getting goal side of defenders couldn't couldn't compete with a, a physical Sheffield Wednesday team who continually played themselves out of of of, of cul-de-sacs I counted several, numerous times they were in the corner of the, the corner of the pitch with three city players on them and they played their way up the pitch quite easily and yeah. it, the game I think really exposed our deficiencies the board talk about how the quality of the squad that game just said, I'm sorry, but no, the new manager is going to have to, uh, uh, we're going to need a, a, a coach who can come in and coach those players a lot better because at the moment they're not good enough and we're going to continue to struggle. We just can't score goals. Our two winning goals in the last four games have been scored by a central defender. Three goals in the last, yeah, three goals in the last five games. We are struggling like hell to score really struggling. Tommy Conway looks like he's lost a yard of pace. There's there's problems there and a new man, a new coach, sorry, must say coach, mm. is going to have to dig us out of that. Okay, no, well said, Mark. I think, well, that's, everybody's pretty consistent in what they're saying. I mean, we got the win, but a bit like the Coventry game, you know, it was, you know, the other side that looked, the, uh, did look the better team for periods, yeah? And they started brightly, but I think the game possibly hinged uh, on the what happened in the uh, on the half hour mark, 32 minutes. Lewis Smith, the referee, he'd done 
three red cards in his previous five. He made it four in six with the dismissal of uh, Barry Bannon, a player we've coveted for that midfield creativity for a number of years. I'm sorry, but I think that ship's passed because he's got to be well into his 30s now, Barry Bannon. But I'll come to uh, each of you with your thoughts on was it a penalty? Even talk about whether it was a red card because whilst he was shaping to shoot, you know, it wasn't the last man. But you first, Ian, penalty, red card, or what What did you think? On the day, I thought it was a definite penalty and definite red card. Um, there's talk about this first contact, but the first contact didn't stop Knight. It was the contact when he'd gone a bit further and he was either on the line or just inside the box for me. So I'd say red card penalty. Um, Clear goal scoring opportunity, cynical foul. It wasn't like he tried to tackle well, he had him a properly. Nibble. He, he, he just thought timed he was outside it the box, which referee he had a little nibble, didn't he? And then he holds his hands up like that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. People are saying it wasn't a penalty because the first contact was outside the box. Well, that's not an actual rule. If the first contact's outside the box and a bloke goes into the box and a bloke hits him again, that's a penalty. So I, I'm not having this. Um, it, it wasn't a penalty because the first contact was outside the box. It was denying a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity. So he gets the red card. And to be honest, I thought <laughs> as, as much as he's a very influential player, and I think he's only about 31, I think, um, I I couldn't... Um, uh, Wednesday didn't seem to get a lot worse when he went off. And... That's worrying, really, when you think that, that that's, the, I suppose that's the same as saying we didn't get a great deal better when we were playing against 10. So, yeah, yeah right. for me, Les, both. Your, your thoughts on it. There's a couple of rule points to consider. Even Keith Hackett on the X Sheffield Wednesday fan, funny enough, but some of their fans were bitching about whether or not it was a penalty. But uh, what was your take on it? Well, it's a red card because he's denied a clear goal scoring opportunity and he's given it outside the box just because there's a defender on the line doesn't mean it's not a clear goal scoring opportunity mm. um so it has to be a red he's given the free kick um it's hard to say and i feel a bit sorry for the referee because this rule where you know something starts outside and then finishes inside it feels like it's a very difficult decision for the referee to have to make especially at real time when the guy's running at pace so i've got no issue with him off with him giving the free kick because that's when it did start um, but it was a tough call for the ref, and I've got no issue with the call he made. The main call was the red card because a lot of referees would have bottled that because there was a defender on the line and he didn't. Um, but it's one of those rules in football that makes things more difficult than it, than it needs to be. Yeah. Um, what about the what about the, the, the referee's assistant? Was it, was well, it's okay? irrelevant. It's irrelevant because he... He, he decided that the foul started outside the box, so therefore mm. he gave the free kick. It's this rule where it continues, and how can you expect the referee to make a consistent decision? Because a referee next week will give a different one, and then a referee the next week after that will give another different one, because they'll interpret it in different ways. What they need is a really clear answer or, or guidance, which states when the foul is committed at the start, that's when you call the foul. Otherwise, you're going to get different refs seeing it in different ways. Yeah, it's not clear. The, the law ain't clear, and that makes it difficult for the refs. But I've got no issue with the decision he made because, look, he did clip him outside the box to start with. He made that decision. I've got no issue with that. Yeah, Mark, your take on that incident? 
the referee decides that the foul, yeah, that he, he fouled the fouls outside outside the box, whether it continued inside the box or not, and that's it. Um, the thing about Jason Knight is he likes to stay on his feet, and there were a few more occasions in the game where he was riding tackles. He didn't want to go down. He, he wants to stay on his feet and continue. But unlike you know. Alex Scott. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that was different with Alex Scott. Yeah, he, he, he do that. Yeah, I think they were they, they were like tactical fouls, and he, he would he would he would be in traffic. You know, we'd be surrounded by players or there'd be players in front of him or behind him. And he was doing that uh, as a tactical, you know, tactical fouls to win, to win um, uh, possession in, uh, in 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 the opponent's half. So I think it's not it's not comparable with Alex Scott because he was through. He wanted to stay on his feet. But yeah, I mean, a crazy thing really is if you look at Dawson, the uh, Sheffield Wednesday keeper, he's on the far left or far right of his penalty area and he plays the ball at an angle across to Bannon. It's the most stupid pass. If Max oh. O'Leary had done that, we'd be we'd, we'd be getting a gallows and, and, a, and a scream and a screaming mob with 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 uh, burning staves out, marched around his house, wouldn't we? Because uh, well, we uh, it I was mean, a, Ian, an appalling, appalling yeah. pass. Ian, do you think we made enough of that free kick situation? There was a few people calling for Taylor Gar you want somebody said you're calling Taylor Gardner Haskins after the retailer of the same name, but Taylor Gardner Hickman. Who was the best guy to take the free kick in that particular situation? Because it was Conway. probably Anne Goblin is the yeah. is the strict answer. If Cal Naismith was on the field, I wouldn't mind Cal having a go at it. Um, but we haven't got an Alan Walsh or a Jimmy Mann or Mickey Bell, Darren Barnard. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've had some good free kick takers over the years, but we haven't got one now. Um, our dead balls, uh, yeah, bang average. Our crossing, poor in the main, although we scored from across yesterday, but it was the centre forward who crossed it. Mm. Um, so th this is this is why, you know, if you, you start looking at some of these dismissals and the reasons around them, I mean, Jason Ewell's the attacking coach. Was. And we've... He's gone. <laughs> the attacking oh, it's past tense now, isn't it? <laughs> and we stop, and we stop scoring, and we don't score goals. So can can that guy say, well, based on my performance since I've been at the club, I deserve to keep my job? I know it's supposed to surround this time off issue, um, but it, it's we've been not crossing the ball properly for ages. Well, I mean, well, ever since Nigel's been down there, I think probably the. The best crosser of the ball is probably on his day is probably Campering. Yeah, when he gets down that line. So Les, yeah, nil, nil, got, yeah all right. We, Sorry, let's, let's move on. Uh, Les, nil nil at half time. I mean, yeah, they're down to ten men. They had to play for an hour. That they, they, they were quite a physical and athletic side, and I, I thought throughout the game we'll get into the detail of the second half. But they had a stronger physical presence. I took a guest to the game, and he said we lost all the sort of 50-50 challenges or most of them. What did you think? That's because we got a team of runners and not a lot else. You know, if you're playing against a load of lumps, you pass the ball around them, play in the pockets and you break them down. Who have we got who can play or who can perform football in that way? Naismith can pass the ball, Dickie can pass the ball and Mimetti, no one else no. can. So then you just run, you're running up against big lumps who are going to outmuscle you so you know like i said earlier pearson has put a team together of players who can run when you play again at home against teams who sit in and play on the break you need more than that um so we played into their hands really and we didn't have the quality to break no. them down 
which has been the case yeah. for months. Mark, uh, three three substitutions uh, on the hour, Mark, and I guess they were to give some of the recovering players, certainly in uh, time, uh, um, Tanner and Viner's case, just yeah, give them an hour and then rest them. No game this midweek, um, but three in a row. Andy Vyman taken off. I mean, I'm sorry, I bang on about um, I bang on about Vyman. You know, he can't dine out on that 21-22 season. But the timing of the subs and who came off and Vyman's performance. What did you think about that, Mark? Um, again, lost in the four-two-three-one. He's. I think he's got to contribute more to the game. Perhaps you know he's going to be dropping dropping deep. He would be better as a centre forward. I mean, this four-two-three-one is just ridiculous when we haven't got a player capable of holding the ball up at all. It's a waste, complete waste of time. Just players lose the ball. But that Voiman is just ineffectual. Is probably a, a very diplomatic way of putting it. He's he he's a finisher. But he uh, he's not in a position to you know to, to finish. Uh, perhaps there aren't crosses coming in. He's not not in those positions. Does he need to get in those positions? You know, just playing give and goes with players, and when when we need to be bolder and more aggressive in their opponent's penalty area, possibly that's up to him. But I think that switch, whether it's in his head, whether it's his ability, he's basically edging right out of the door. His contract's up and he's not worth a new one on, on, on this form. Mm. Uh, and football's brutal, but that's the way it is. I'm sorry, mm. Andy, but, you know, I'm, okay. I'm just, I've, I've just got to say, because we get hammered for facts, um, Barry Bannon's 30, uh, he's 33, he'll be 34. Yeah, he's 34 on the 1st of December because, yeah, all those people who hammer us for facts, we 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 got to say that, haven't we? Of, just, of course. We've got to be very careful. And his first sending off since 2016. Um, Mark, uh, sorry, Ian, your views on the timing of the subs, who it was. I mean, I like I like Sykes at right back. You know, he seems to slot in there quite nicely. And the, the right side, I thought, looked reasonable overall yesterday. But talk about the subs and... Uh, and put your bit in on well, they were well. they were probably predetermined uh, because the players had come back from injury george tanner and zach viner 60 minutes right they give them 60 minutes and then replaced from the bench and replacements were fairly obvious which going into right back uh yeah andy viman if we keep playing him out of position you're not going to see the best of him he, he he had his best season playing 10 behind the two strikers Mm. or it, it, as part of that three the WSM so we've so last week he was right wing trying to look after a right back then this week he was left, left wing of the three and I, I don't like this setup with the two wide forwards and one in the middle it just doesn't work and that's why we're they not scoring goals. Play as a unit do they there's no well we don't we don't score goals because nobody in midfield's going to score a goal and they don't, they're not going to get an assist either. So we finish up with, well, Jason Knight might get some goals and he might get some assists. But, you know, Matty James, good, solid bloke, won't let people run through you. Notice it a bit like Paul Skews, noticing more when he's not in the team um, than, than uh, when he is. But he's not going to put a lot of pace on you in transition because he'll pick the ball up and a number of times... We slid it backwards or sideways yesterday. And that's not something that suddenly happened yesterday. We've been doing that for the last two and a half years. Yeah. So 
you know, from for me, yeah, substitutes were all fine. I think we could have probably done with getting Cornick on for Conway a bit earlier because I mean, Tommy couldn't outpace Diaby at centre back, mm. and San Diaby was a bigger, stronger guy. So I get that Tommy's not going to do him in the air or or um, muscle him out the way in the way that Semenyo used to, but um, he, he's had a couple, four or five chances yesterday, a straight race. And he couldn't beat him in a foot race. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the one at the end when he had to just keep keep going, basically, and kick the ball in the net, he just blew up. So, I, I can't... Um, that, that bothers me. But I think all of our strikers, as I keep saying, would be better in a two than a one. We haven't got a natural one. And so, don't play four, two, three, one. Well, Please. we got a chance to see if the new manager is in post by uh, the middle of the week, whether there will be a fundamental change at QPR. Um, Les, I'll, I'll stick with you very briefly and then I'll come to you first, Les, on the goal. But uh, <clears throat> Sykes slotting in a right back, that seems to be a sort of go-to substitution. And, you know, I think he's no less effective. Well, I think he's quite effective at, uh, at, at right back anyway. He gives you a creative outlet and he can put in a tackle as well. What do you think? Yeah, but he's one of our only goal-scoring threats when we play at home. So I like to see him at right wing um, because he gets in behind, he gets into good positions and he scores goals. He's not going to do that at uh, fullback. Mm. Um, I mean, when Tanner's injured, then yeah, you need someone to fill in and he's the obvious replacement. I think he's better there than uh, Gardner Hickman is. Um, but ideally, I'd like to see Sykes on the right side of midfield because he gets into those positions and becomes a threat which is something we haven't had a lot of recently. Yeah. And I think the general view is with Andy Vyman that, you know, we're being critical, but we're not playing him in his best position. So maybe... I think, I think, I think Vyman's been a good servant, but it's time to move on. He's yeah. in his early 30s. He hasn't got the same dynamic, you know, I don't know how to word it, you know, pace off a very... Off almost like a standing start. Mm. Um, and I don't know what his best position is anymore. You know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. Sticking with you for the goal, it came on the hour, a corner. I mean, Dickie uh, was set up by Sykes, took a pass from Conway. Dickie's proving to be, you know, quite good in the uh, opposition penalty area and a pretty decent signing, you would say, based on everything we've seen of him so far. Well, if you would have told me over a year ago that we'd be getting Rob Dickey for peanuts, I would have said no chance. He was so highly rated that he was being linked with top-end championship clubs and low-end Premier League clubs. And then what happened was he had a horrible season, like most of them. And then and we got him. And what he's showing now is the quality that he showed two, three years ago. So I think I think he's a very good bit of business. I think he's strong in the air. I think he's playing with confidence. He's a threat going forward. Um, so he's a, I think he's a very good signing. And um, I think... We took advantage of his a poor spell at QPR, and maybe the Oxford contacts that we had in Atkinson and um, Sykes, who I think played with him previously, may have helped us in getting him. But yeah. he's been a very good signing. Yeah, no, he's good, Mark. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's turning into the new Aiden Flint in terms of being deadly in the box, isn't he? It was it was a tidy finish as well. Mark, sound's gone. So yeah. mute. 
I was about to say exactly the same thing. Um, you know, he's a beast. I remember um, the goal he got against Preston in the last minute of the game last season. Same thing, threw himself at the ball. You, you're crying out for somebody to do that, be in that, be in that position. And he was right on the spot, deflected. But if you're there, you need somebody to be in that position to put it put it in. But he dominates defenders in the air and he likes to bring the ball out of defence defense as well. What he needs is if he's going to run at the pitch, he needs somebody to offer, he needs a, an option, somebody to offer themselves for, forward because they just stand still. He did that two or three times yesterday and I'm, I bet he's thinking... Who's you know, moving he was looking, I remember Who, that. Who's moving, Robson, who's moving for me? Somebody has got a move. Just move. Find the space. Then play it into the space. Because it's a waste of time. It's like mm. a man, you know, who's run runs up to the edge of the road in a busy in a you know busy a busy road and standing on the curb mm. waiting across every time. It's Ian, crazy. you wanted to make you wanted to make a point there, Ian. I was gonna to come to yeah, you. I'm talking about earlier about people who can strike a free kick. Rob Dickey can. Um, if you go on YouTube, you'll see him scoring from 25, 30 yards, a lot of the time with low right-footed shots. So he can do it, and whether he could do it from the edge of the box or whatever, but he wouldn't be any worse than anybody else we've got, and he could be a lot better. Mm. And like Les said, picking him up for what we did, which was 700,000, that's, that's looking a very, very good deal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, so there we go. We're one nil ahead, half an hour to go if you add in certain minutes or extra time. Uh, I wasn't counting, but I went, as I say, with a good friend of mine to the uh, to the game yesterday, and he was counting. And there was about, th I'll say 30, that's being conservative, 30 passes at one stage in the second half where we were just knocking the ball around. It culminated with first Tommy Conway, then Sam Bell hitting the post. I mean, you know, we 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 had the possession yesterday, uh, Les, and that was a golden opportunity. Belly should have buried that second one, shouldn't he? And then the game's over, isn't it? Yeah, but he he's playing without any confidence, so that's what happened when he lacked confidence. I mean, I don't think I think he's been fast tracked into the first team um, and playing more football than they originally thought he would. I think a lot of that's down to Mametti not having the impact that they wanted. Uh, obviously, when Semenya went, they reinvested some of that cash on Cornick and Mametti, and neither of them have really had the impact that they would have hoped for, uh, which means that people like Bell are perhaps playing more football more regularly than they usually would be. Um, I mean, you should have scored, but when you're lacking confidence, that's what happens. And we are weak on that left-hand side, whether it's Mametti, whether it's Vyman, whether it's Bell. I think that's an area that we need to look to strengthen. I'm not sure we will because we're obviously being careful with what we re with the money we're being money we're spending. But he's a kid, he's a youth player, so he gets less stick than um, others would. Um, he works hard, but over the last few months, I've seen nothing to suggest that he's ready to play regular football at this, this level. That's interesting. That's interesting, Mark. What was your take on that? Did you count the passes? Because we seen we did have unusually for us. In fact, our stats yesterday pretty good. Sixty-five, only one goal, sixty-five percent possession, seventeen shots, seven on target, and you know those two. Do they count on target when they hit the post mark or or, or no, not? No, no, they don't. They don't. No. So so there we go. But you know that that game's out of sight at two 0 when they're down to ten men, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I don't think it it matters about the number the number of passes. It, it's how you open the teams up. That's the idea, isn't it? You, you you're trying to find angles. 
yeah. it was one of the best better passes that opened up Tommy because the ball was hit into the middle of the penalty area. Yeah. Tommy's shot is actually a good shot because the ball's behind him and he manages. The keeper's actually watching it. He stood upright and he's watching the ball hit the post because he can't get to it. But Sam, he's right in front of the goal. He just has to hit hit the ball cleanly into the back of the net. Um, and he and he, well, he should score. Basically, it's open, open goal, open chance, and he just he, he doesn't hit it with any power. I think he tries to put it in the far side of the goal, and it hits the post. It's, it's a, a bad post. miss, but it was a good move, and it was like I said, we don't do that enough. The ball was hit from the edge of just outside the D into somebody in the box. Now, I'd like to have seen that more, you know, just a, just a give and go to somebody with their back to goal, because if somebody challenges you in that position, they could have given away a penalty if mm-hmm. they come through the back of a player. Just take a chance. Just take a, play a wall pass to somebody and then hit through the ball. We hardly saw that. If you look at the touches in the opposition box, I think they're about, I think they're about 21 each, or we had 21 and they had 20. And the game was a lot closer. I'm, I'm not. I mean, people are saying we should have hammered Sheffield Wednesday. We. I'm not saying we should because, in terms of ability, I think it, they were very close. It was seven, seventeen. We had. They had twenty-four, despite having thirty-five percent possession. Yeah, I mean, I, I. And the other thing, I think, just aside, at half time, just after half time, roll. Now, there's a German manager who's just been appointed. 34, 34 years old, first managerial job, coach with a German national team. Uh, he's been assistant a few, but he's only 34 years years old. He, I'm sure he looked at his players and he told them to go out and win the game. He said, we can win this. And they went out in the first 10 minutes and a half and played like they had 11. They didn't, they, they don't worry about how many players you got, just go out there and win it. And well, that's what they went to sure. do. They sized yeah. us up and they said, you can beat this lot. Yeah, seriously, Ian, you can go out and good, beat good, good point, Ian. Um, Les, we can't talk about Cornick yesterday because he only got ninety-three minutes. And the last, I'll say, the last couple of months, the impact sub has always been, it seems, Ephraim Yaboa didn't get on the pitch uh, yesterday. But what did you think of uh, Mametti? Got a good, good half hour, and Les has said he hasn't really done enough. Do you think there could be a renaissance for Mametti under a new boss, or do you think he's just? Lacking the physicality and the step ups too much for him. You, you'd certainly hope so, wouldn't you? Because we spent decent money on him. I look at him in Cornick and I think, why? Why did we bring him to the club um, at a cost of about um, a million pound? Um, so the um, I, I don't understand. Um, who I, I don't really see why you have a player like Mametti and then try and change him into a bit of a robot that comes back, covers the full back, and things like that. But that was a sort of um, that's the sort of I think manager Pearson was that he wanted that work rate above all else. I mean, he said, I want to sign a Maverick when he came. I think for me, Mametti looked a better player when he first came here. Then he looks now. Yeah, the Sunderland so game, coach, Sunderland away, was his best performance, which is his first one. Yeah. Well, if you look at a new coach, might revitalise him. We've seen that before with uh, with players. Um, so yeah, please God, they do. But I, I still think there are fundamentals there. 
for example, we need to play uh, with two strikers, and that doesn't need to be four four two. It doesn't need to be three five two. It could be a four three one two. But we we need to play with two strikers because of the players that we've got. Um, just saying, Dave. There's a few questions coming up, uh, not about the game specifically. Well, let's go on to the manager um, later, Ian. I've seen I've seen those come up on the. Yeah, on the I mean, day. I think there's there's some there that, that I, I definitely I, I've got answers to some of them. But right. um, Ian, Ian's going to do the big reveal. Quick one from you, Mark. What were you saying? Putting your hand up there. Then I'll come to Les. Get yourself off mute. Yeah, yeah. So you can hear me gargle any coffee. You've got some like Jason Knight with his energy. Could we play with two eights in midfield like we did at the start of the Holden era, you know, when we won those games? The, the guy, you can see, he wants to burst into life and sometimes he's like a one-man one man battering ram. But you, you could imagine him playing off of somebody and I think that the idea, which was naive in the extreme, was that he was going to be able to play alongside Alex Scott. Alex Scott was always going to leave. It was just when the right bid came in. Mm. But if he could imagine if he could play, if they were able to play with two players like that, two two attacking midfield players, with the you know with the somebody with the energy at night, with the with the uh, ability to go to go at teams. As long as we got a creative player in there, and you yeah, yeah, I mean, is there a formation of four-two-two-two type thing? But we don't want to talk about formation. I just want to wrap up on yeah. the game. I'm going to finish on the game. Well, and all of you really. Uh, I mean, it's we're winning one 0 but typical against ten men. Les, uh, we saw the good and the bad of Max O'Leary yesterday, didn't we? In the sense that some of his distribution in the first half was absolutely appalling. Uh, and then at the start of the second half, as Mark said, when Sheffield came out looking a strong side, he punched away an eye off a header. He got praise from Tony Thorpe, I know, in the post-match analysis on uh, Radio Bristol that he came and collected a couple of balls on the edge of his box. But uh, that save, Les, that he did after, uh, I think it was Taylor Gardner-Hickman had, uh, had fouled, and it was Volk's free kick and Fletcher, Ashley Fletcher's there. You know that 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 was a match-saving save without any doubt. So your thoughts on that save and Max, championship goalkeeper, or, or he's, a cha he's a championship goalkeeper, but he's not a championship goalkeeper if you're looking to get into the top six. So if you are a lower end side, then I think he's a perfectly good keeper. If you're a Rotherham, if you're a QPR, then yeah. But like the board have said, we're looking for promotion, and the thing with O'Leary is his reactions at point black rage are very good. The issue is other parts of his game, like those efforts from 20, 25 yards out, which he gets nowhere near. If you look at Ipswich, I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened there. If you look at Leeds with Peru, I mean, there was no pace on that shot at all. And again, 20 to 25 yards out, it beats him. Um, and that's a problem. And if you're going to be a top goalkeeper at this level, you need a well-rounded game, and he hasn't got that. Mm. So for me, I think... As a point blank reaction shot stopper, I think he's excellent, but he's cost us too many goals recently. Even Rotherham, you could argue he should have done a lot better. So I think if we're going for the top six, like the board say we are, then unfortunately we need to upgrade in that area. Yeah. Okay. Mark, do you concur with that? You know, despite those saves yesterday, Les has picked up you know, Les points 100% right when you look at those goals, the way he's highlighted them. But uh, what do you think? He's prone in, in virtually every game to 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 put a lose to put us under pressure with a loose pass. Um, the one against Plymouth cost cost us uh, a, a few games from Zach Viner and put us back 
put our form back because he had to overextend his knee. Um, I mean, yeah, he did one in the first half. It's just too loose passing. And yeah, he's prone to getting be- beaten from long, long distance with the ball close to him. Um, so his, I think his reaction, his reaction time or his starting position can be poor. I think the Leeds game, yeah, the Ipswich game, um, possibly the, the goal against uh, Plymouth as well, where it's hit outside the box. Yeah, it's, he's got to be, he's got to be quicker. So, okay. yeah. yeah, I mean, he does make. He's, I mean, lots of lots of Championship goalkeepers. I mean, goalkeepers at that level are, make will make good reaction saves. But yeah. your all round game be a great goalkeeper. Your all round game's got to be great one on one. Um, obviously, take be we got you've got to be brave in taking crosses. You've got to be able to catch the ball, dive at players' feet. But now your distribution. Because um, teams play a lot of the high line, you've got, you've got to, your distribution's got to be better. Mm. You cannot afford to make loose passes to put your team under pressure like that. Mm. No. So I think if we if we had a strong enough number two, possibly a new boss might say, "Well, look, I'm looking at the um, the failings or the weaknesses of of this person. Have I got strong enough person, um, you know, to, to to come in and challenge him?" We haven't at the moment. So he's okay. got Max right. has got lots not of good Ian, points, Ian. but not he's got lots of uh, you know he's got lots of weaknesses as well. Ian, if the uh, if the nest egg is going to be cracked in January under the new man, and I get a sneaky feeling that it probably is going to be, uh, yeah, it will be. Is, is that something on the shopping list and upgrade? You know, because I mean, do you take a you Premier need, League? What do you, you think? You can't. You can't say we need two players for every position, and then then not have two players for every position. And we haven't got, uh, you know, we haven't got a Dan Bentley that's competing with Matt. It needs to be that level of competition. So, um, yeah, absolutely, that's what we need. And we've then got the problem that we've got then got too many goalkeepers. Mm. You know, we've got four now. We've got a 27-man first-team squad. Four goalies. With, with four goalies, one of whom's injured. Yeah. So, unless one of the other lads is as good as Matt's, potentially better. And I'm talking about Badgett, Wells, Richards, or even the guy, Lewis Thomas, they brought in from Forest Green, who apparently had a brilliant game for the under-21s. And I know people say, well, it's the under-21s, but if you're making world-class saves, they're world-class saves, whether you're playing for the under-21s, the under-16s, or the first team. So, um, and he, he played you know, a fair number of games for Forest Green. So he, he's probably... My guess would be that be the second best keeper down there, um, but you know we can't go out and loan an emergency one because Badgicks played uh, the equivalent of the league games yeah. you need to have to qualify to bring in an emergency loan. But yeah, yeah, we we need competition in every place, and it's like when we talk about right back, everybody's forgotten Ross McCrory. Yeah, and he was brought in to play attacking right back, so. You know that that's something else that the the injury situation has robbed us of. Okay, all right, um, Les, um, Ian, and I have talked to death about the uh, the the, um, the departure of Nigel. Uh, we were doing it live at three thirty on Sunday. I tried to get hold of you, Mark. I don't know where you were. Kidders uh, of the kidders of the flower, of the flower moon. Word. I was watching. Let's have a quick word from Les about the events of. Uh, you know, Pearson going, I don't think you're a member of the uh, so-called, not us saying it, so-called cult of Nige, but were you surprised at it, the timing of it, 
you know, what we what were your thoughts? I think, I think I think the, I think the club deserve a lot of credit for making the decision. I think Pearson did a very good job behind the scenes in terms of you know developing youth players, in terms of rebalancing the wage bill. I think he was excellent at that. But if you look at the pitch on the pitch, I wasn't seeing a huge amount of progress. People were saying, "Oh yeah, but we're fighters now." Well, that's pretty basic, you know, basic expectation. Um, I don't think he got the best out of the signings that he made. Um, I thought it was dull. I thought it was not particularly enticing to go and watch. I'm pleased because I think Pearson's very clever with his words. I think everything he says has a lot of thought behind it with the main aim of protecting himself. I don't get the loving. I think the loving is partly down to having a big name manager, which is something that we haven't had in the past. But in terms of on the pitch, it was like watching football in the mid 1990s. Lots of runners, lots of players working hard, quite direct and very little quality. So I don't understand the loving. I appreciate that, you know, players have gone and it hasn't been reinvested, but that's football. Um, has he done enough on the pitch to warrant all that money back? I don't think he had. I mean, the chairman, the chairman said, the chairman said, um, you know, Pearson won't be happy himself with the performance, and and he almost sort of like brushed the injuries aside. He's like, well, the injuries are there. I mean, yeah, he has been unlucky with injuries. He's been unlucky with injuries. And Rennie have gone as well. Well, that's the way it is, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, this kind of forum reaction of, you know, Pearson as a martyr, as a savior, some kind of religious figure. It's, I just, I just don't get it. I, I find it quite. <laughs> I find it quite embarrassing, to be honest with you. So let's get a manager in who's or a head coach in who's going to hopefully introduce a good brand of football at Ashton Gate because we haven't seen it for the last two and a half years. And, um, you know, he's not a Bristol City. He's not the usual Bristol City appointment, was he? He was brought in to do a job. Um, his experience was needed, he, you know. He did it. He did, he did it. it. Yeah. Thank you for your service. See you later. Let's get someone else in who can now okay. take us forward on the pitch. Okay, Mark. We didn't talk. Haven't spoken to you during the week about it. Um, the, the 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 communication from the hierarchy. Eventually, it came out. I mean, the best interview with anybody from the hierarchy was done by uh, is it Ross Arnott of HTV with the with the uh, with the CEO of uh, of, of of Bristol Sport. But, um, you know, some veiled criticism from uh, uh, the chairman about the international breaks and then coming back and giving them too much time off and decondition them as he suddenly become an expert on players. And as people have pointed out on social media, under Lee Johnson, we there was a period, three years, where 17 games after international breaks, Golden Boy Lee, his record was 1-1, drawn 6 Lost 10. What's your, since we haven't spoken to you this week, Mark, what's your thoughts been as the dust has settled? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't like, like this, um, you know, narrative. Whatever the reasons, you know, the club are saying this is the reason we got rid of him because you're only going to get one, one side of the story. Uh, Nigel isn't able to answer back because obviously there's an NDA in place. So he isn't able to give his Mark, side of the story. Mark, sorry, can I stop you there? You said an NDA. And you know there's an NDA in place. Well, two things. All right. Sorry. Well, we don't. Nigel's contract, right? He was he will be paid contractually paid 
to the end of his contract, right? He would not in business be expected to sign an NDA. They might have said, Nigel, look, you're in a really bad place at the moment and we don't really want you around anymore. We're going to pay you another six months, right? As a thank you <laughs> for what you've done. Yeah. Um, but by the way, we want you to sign an NDA because we I, don't I, want I, you to... So, right, right. So, so it's a technicality. Can I, I just but... say, my, right, my apologies. No, I, no, don't, was... don't apologise, but I don't think... Yeah, I just, I just I just, thought that, yeah, I'm that, I'm, I'm, that, that, that's, I'm just guessing that. If that's wrong, my, my apologies. Right, let's put it this way. I'm not, you might, I'm, I'm... Right, you, you right. Don't well, Nigel, right, let's just just start again. Nigel hasn't given his side of the story, but I don't want to wipe that aside because he's gone. I think it could have been handled a lot better in that the club didn't want to give him a new contract. They obviously didn't want to give him a new contract. For all for all parties, it would have been much better to say, without this international break thing, we don't think uh, we, we 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 don't think you're the right man to take us forwards because I didn't think they 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 did. Um, Nigel he seemed to force the issue, and I think I think my opinion is that some of that came from his health issues. He's obviously suffered. He's in a lot of pain. He's had back operation. He's got he had neurological issues, which hopefully will be sorted out and we wish him the best of health because for anybody that's you want people to you know have to have good health and he's got you know a lot of uh, health issues now that need need sorting out the club obviously didn't think that he was the right man to take them forward it'd been better for all parties to say Nigel this can't carry on you want a new contract we don't want to give you one we don't think you're the right man let's 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 just settle up now we'll we'll we'll, we'll let's do let's just agree um you know a mutually agreeable uh, uh, exit and you know, let's let's just part on good terms, rather than this this, this uh, the, you know, the manager the manager snipe snipe the manager saying I haven't heard from anybody. The club don't don't obviously in their in their it's their gift to talk to talk when they they like. They just, they they Lansdowne or somebody could have said, well, like, you know, we don't need to talk to him. We don't need to say anything. It would have been much better for all parties if they just come out and said said to him that Nigel. You want a new contract? We don't want to give you one. We don't think you're the right man to take us forward. We we would like you know we'd like you to go. And this is this is this is the package. Let's agree on a on a pay, yeah. on a payoff. No, it would have been much nicer. And well then people put. would have respected that instead of a. It's not. I'm, that's just my 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 opinion. And okay. it didn't it didn't happen. But it, that's just my opinion. And I yeah, think I think I think been, that's fair. It, it would have been a nicer have, way. In a, in a, in a, said, in a, Nigel, we're not going to give you a new contract. Your health. We want you to get well, but take leave of absence. But we don't want to renew your contract, and we're going to go out and find you a replacement. In a perfect, in a perfect, in a perfect yeah. world, I think that it, it didn't happen, yeah. but it would have been a nicer way for it to have ended. Of course, Ian, you've been shaking your head, one Mark saying that. What's your take on it? Well, this can we stop a couple of things? How do you know that conversation with Nigel didn't happen, and he wasn't given the opportunity to leave by mutual consent? And he said, "No chance. If you want to get rid of me, you sack me." How do you know? I don't know. I mean, it's all subjective because well, I don't know. So there's I'm no just point that. pontificating about that and yeah. NDAs. It wouldn't have been an NDA he had to sign. If anything, it would have been a compromise agreement. But if he's been if he's been sacked, the compromise agreement will be part of any payoff. But as Dave said, there's two ways football clubs do it. Years ago, they used to pay the contract off in a lump. These days, they tend because a lot of the managers are on a lot more money. If you look at the um, uh, who was the fellow that was at uh, Graham Potter? 
Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Chelsea wouldn't have paid him off in a lump. No. I guarantee that. They'll go on paying his contract till he gets another job. So he's he's got a real good living for the next three or four years. Yeah. Right, for doing nothing, if you will. So this and this other phrase is really winding me up. And I'm really sorry to say it. Hierarchy. Right? If there's a problem with some with somebody, um name them. If someone's questioning your decisions, name them. Don't talk about the hierarchy because that could be anybody. That could be Steve, John, Gavin, Marshall, anybody. Could be even so Tinian. It could be even Tinian, couldn't it? It could be Brian Tinian. And, but, and, you know, I've got some stuff to say on, on the structure later on. If you want to talk about that now, we can. But I don't think um, th this, this, these, and what John Lansdowne said wasn't veiled. He said he talked about people having time off in the international breaks, thought it was too much. Now, it's not just him saying it. You know, perhaps other people at the club, perhaps Brian Tinian said it. Is he not entitled to have an opinion on that? Well, I think, it, John, can I just come John in? John said it was unprecedented. Right. That means he's talked to other clubs and said, what do you do during the international well, break? I think, I think the thing is, you'd have thought with the international break thing, and again, I hark back to the Lee Johnson record after the international break was crap, absolutely crap, right? Okay. But when it was said, if you think if they had 11 days off after the game against Leicester, which was on the 7th, right, and they only had, you, you could imagine them after the Leicester, go away, lads, come back, report back for training on Monday the 16th. Then you got a full week of training in the lead up to the Coventry game, right? And the Coventry game, the first half hour of that, we were utter crap, right? But if they weren't coming back until the Wednesday, which is only two real days training, then he's right to be critical. This business about managers having to be <laughs> omnipresent all the time. Steve Koppel, not a good example when he was with us, but he really used to sort of do things, turn up, oh, all the best managers, Cluffy used to be off doing his own thing, turn up play squash, turn up at quarter to three, do his talk. So, well, I Club, think... Club wasn't a tracksuit manager. He left that to others, wasn't he? He was yeah, a manager. He wasn't a coach. Yeah. He didn't he believe in tactics. He training yeah. ground and, yeah. and, and the manager. So, but look, that's... Yeah. Yeah, the, the big difference is Brian Clough was, Brian Clough was successful. Yeah. Right? You can do what you want. You could right. you could work from home. Right? If, if you're successful. But yeah. it, it we have... It's Les put brilliantly we haven't been successful we played rubbish football we've gone 31 games league games without winning back-to-back -back games and people are, are are talking like it's, it's some sort of religious event yeah yeah you know notice that statistic as well and i'm welcome well, like you. like les I, I don't get it i really don't if somebody can sit me down and explain it because it seems to border on two things number one he hasn't had any money well, that's absolute nonsense. He has had money and he has signed players. He signed 23 players, for God's sake. So can we stop that for us if, if we don't do anything else? And, the the you know, I'm, I'm, I'll say, well, I'll come on to the structure and all that. And I've got that from impeccable sources. And, you know, I, I can talk about that then if you want. But let's just stop this thing about, oh, well, the hierarchy. Did, who did it? Who said it, Nigel? Was it John Lansdowne? Who was yeah. it? Well, can, I, can, I, can I just can I can I just say something? You know, just to yeah. finish what I said. 
you know, I'd like I'd like things to have end nicely. Perhaps that that comes from perhaps from a very naive viewpoint. You know, I like things to be done all tied up, loose ends, and it doesn't didn't work like didn't work like no. that. So as ever said, I would rather that the dirty linen wasn't aired. Let's just put it that way. I'd rather the dirty linen wasn't aired in public, and that they sorted it out and he went. All okay. right, and they right, and they didn't want him. Yeah, that was it. But that's right, like, so yeah, yeah that's, that's, that was that's just my that's my that opinion. Take, but that's that how takes, I liked it to end. Yeah, but that takes two people. That takes two oh, yeah, sides yeah. to agree no, something. It's yeah, exactly. not being handled. No, fair it's enough. Not being handled great. But it's, think, whoever think, whoever was at fault, whatever, it didn't it didn't end well, and it didn't need to. And I and think that's, fans, perhaps that's very naive. Fans, perhaps, yeah. The the anti hierarchy of the fans, the agenda of the fans, is a feeling that. We should have spent more of the Scott money. As I said on Radio Bristol on Friday night, if in that window, nobody expected him to spend the money that Mark Robbins did out of the Gockeries and Hamer sale. But if he'd gone out and bought a couple more players of the quality of Jason Knight, the squad wouldn't have been as threadbare. So the fans are directing their anger against the Lansdowns because they have to direct yeah, it. Yeah, the fans are directing right. their anger. They're yes. saying, they're saying, Nigel want Nigel can't say that Nigel can't say that Nigel wanted new players. The board have stopped Nigel from investing, uh, so it's it's the board's fault because the money was there. They could have brought in, they could have invested well, some they of could the have, money. They, they could have, and he's been Nigel's right. no Nigel's right. had his just, Nigel's had his know, hands. Yeah, Nigel's had his hands tied. It's it's the board's like fault. Like every other championship. It. Manager does yeah. to a point, yeah. except the playoff ones. Les, that's, put, that's the feeling of fans, isn't it? Les, Some you fans. Put your hand Les, you put your hand up there. Well, well I, think, I think a lot of the reason why fans are so behind Pearson is because of what he did at Leicester, but that was a long time ago, you know, and he hasn't done that everywhere he's been. So when he was employed, I was a bit worried that we were going to get the Pearson. It was at Derby or in Belgium where he did nothing. I mean, he, he did nothing at all. And the reality is, I think we probably got some. Uh, um, something in the middle, in that he did a yeah. good job behind the scenes, but not necessarily on the pitch. But he was he, like the like the interviews that John Lansdowne said, or it was the other guy. You know, he's had two and a half years. He's the second longest serving manager in the championship, so he's been yeah. given the time. Um, but I think the fan base are just not used to having a manager who has a proven track record. But the problem is, it was a long time ago, and I think football has moved on a bit, and I think. He was found out on the pitch, and I think there was a lack of playing style. And we were poor at home pretty much the whole time he was there. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for your service. See you later. Bye. And just could have been handled a bit better. All right. So we've had a frenzy this week as to who the next person's going to be. It started off with John Eustace, and then Friday the frenzy got even worse because Frank Lampard was allegedly interviewed in Bath and seen with Christine Bleakley or whatever her name is in uh, Milsom Street. There were photographs. There was even somebody using an old picture of Frank uh, Ashton Gate yesterday because he doesn't look that young now. Um, Ian uh, and, and then and then Liam Mannings we mentioned, uh, Luke Williams, those are the sort of names. But Ian, uh, and I don't want to talk about structure today because I think we can – we, if we talk about structure today, it will be speculation. I think who we sign, and we're going to have a broadcast. Let me finish. We're going to have a broadcast soon as the managers, new managers announced. We will do a new manager special episode. But Ian, what's you're, you're going to reveal what you think is going to happen in the next forty-eight hours? Okay, a um, couple of things, and this is information from really good sources. So it's not Frank Lampard. 
the manager will be announced on Monday uh, and told by um, uh, once again an impeccable source the fans are going to be really excited by it so I've got a sneaking feeling because John Lansdowne said a lot of the speculation has been wider than Mark yeah I've got a sneaking feeling that it's going to be a foreign coach and I've got uh, a sneaking feeling now it whether it would be a big name like a bielsa or a hassan hotel who as far as i know are both out of work yeah um, i don't know i it, it i think what seems to be happening in the modern game is people are doing what leicester did and going to get the number two at a really good club so it wouldn't surprise me if it was somebody who was an assistant manager a head coach at uh at um a bundesliga club or or a la liga something like that and and i, I that seems to be i'll call it a trend um that that's what we've got in it, it, that's what i think is going to be and and possibly i mean liam manning if you if you read his profile i mean it sounds like the job description we put out so um but possibly and, and i wouldn't be terribly disappointed with that but um yeah on, just on on those things that uh john saying that the speculation was he said he couldn't believe how wider the market was and it, it was bookies um putting up um trying to trying to put a bit of clickbait get the odds going no, i understand he could that be bluffing. yeah he could be bluffing um and but there, uh, this this is a classic example of what goes on so people are sending whatsapp messages around putting stuff on twitter about the registration number of a vehicle at ashton gate right so mark and i are leaving the supporters club last night and that vehicle it was said to be liam manning or frank lampard whatever there's a woman driving it and a little boy in there, right? Or a young man, I'll say. Do you know what they were doing with the vehicle? They were towing out a burger van. <laughs> now that is the God's honest truth. Now, th this is this is this is how daft it gets. So, you know, I I had a laugh. I actually went over and had a look at who was driving it because I thought, well, I got I got to find out, and I. This woman gets out and then this young lad gets out the front seat and i thought hello that's not frank lampard or liam manning so <laughs> you know i just find that really i just find that hilarious but that's the type of thing that goes right. on and so you're, you're in fairness to the, to the board let me just say this about what jan john lansdowne and gavin marshall have said about communication they've admitted they screwed up right now they're a bit damned if they do and they're damned if they don't because when they came out and did the interviews i read at least two people saying oh it's all it's all crap it's all rubbish so i said well what what part of the interview didn't you like oh i haven't listened to it yeah all right no that's so it. that's that what they're up against that sums it up. but they've made Ian, it's they've come out and communicated now people like, and then people say well it's all lies Oh, is it? Well, what evidence have you got that they're lying? Well, uh, well, they are, aren't they? Okay. All right, well, guys. I, I, need no, I, to, I need to bring this to a relatively. I've got a christening. I don't think so. It, Dave, you know, it's 
it, there's, there's, but that's that's the stuff that made right. me laugh yesterday. So Ian, but your money's you on an yet from your impeccable source and as yet unnamed foreign coach. You've thrown in the name of Husson Hustle. Somebody said you never get him, even though he's between jobs at the moment. Decent track. I, I said I don't. Hang on, Dave. Let's get it straight before you yeah. set me up for a fall. I've said that I don't think it would be somebody like uh, like Bielsa or Hassan. It's okay. probably a younger foreign coach who's currently an assistant to a manager. So right. perhaps the assistant from Borussia that Dortmund or Bayern or something like assistant. that. You said that you said you'd also been told that it's an appointment of excite people. If we get yeah. assistant manager, I wonder how QPR fans are feeling at the moment because they signed a manager who fits the bill, I think, that you've just said, because I'd never heard of the bloke before. And what, 25 years ago this week, we signed Benny Bloody Lenartson. Yeah, I never heard of him. Well, he was, never, he was never meant to be. He was meant to be a director of football. He wasn't meant to be the manager. Benny, no, you're right. And John Ward wanted Walked. Ray Hartford to help. And that's all history. All right, so you think he and a foreign coach, yeah? Possibly. All right. Les. It seems from what people have said, it seems most likely to me. Right. Okay. Les, what's um, what would you like? What would you like to see? Because whoever comes, you know, the, 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 it's we're going for promotion, not in two years' time. Yeah, we're going for promotion well, this season. It, it won't be Bielsa because the time to negotiate a deal would take far longer than the dismissal of Pearson to now so that's just not going to happen plus he's going to bring a whole entourage which is going to cost millions and millions of quid mm. i mean if you could say you could have anyone who's available i mean hassan would be unbelievable but i think he's probably look going to look at far better bigger clubs than us unless he fancies a challenge but i mean i'd like to think we may have tried to have a word with him do you know what i mean and mm. probably got dismissed pretty quickly I've got no issue with a foreign coach at all. I get the impression it probably will be because if it's happening on Monday or Tuesday, then the likes of Manning and all that. I mean, well, must have been playing yesterday. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There just isn't the time to get that deal done, or you'd expect the deal to already be done because, like Ian said, it's going to be a very exciting person. That's you know that means something's already done, and it, you know if you look online, there doesn't seem to be any concrete links from anywhere. No. Any so which tells me. That perhaps it is a foreign coach because would it have leaked out if it was maybe 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 one of us you don't live locally <laughs> but maybe one of us should be up at bristol airport now because where are flights coming into bristol airport in the next 24 hours it would be a very unlandsdown thing to do but that's the way football's going in it young hungry coach like farker he was a number two at dortmund went to norwich got them promoted Wagner was the same, wasn't he? He was yeah. at Dortmund, wasn't he? Went to yeah. Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, I just want um, a coach who comes in and, and first instills some confidence in the players, coaches them better on the pitch. We First, we want winning football before we can start talking about a style of football. We, we, need, to, we need to win games, be competitive, win games. Uh, be good at home because, you know, most fans watch home games rather than go away. Uh, and I think at the moment we're just a decent counter-attack inside, mm -hmm. uh, but we play we play with we play with a lot of fear, and we got somebody's got to lift that and get the, the maximum out of uh, out of those young players. But I don't think I don't think the, the squad is good enough to compete at the top end of the table. So you know you could see a lot of players traded, but we just want to see the team start to win games, be competing at the right end of the league. 
and you know put a smile back on the fans faces because we've no, had right. five Absolutely years right. of, we've had five years of dirge let's put it that way well, it's a bit longer than that i mean it's uh it's, it's six years since the cup run and that golden half a season under lee johnson yeah yeah that was that was, that was the best squad. he had a yeah. limited squad and he got the best out of limited resources with decent football a decent cup run and then basically it's all gone a bit downhill since spring of 2018. There's been the odd, there's been the odd sparkling game in there, but we've been tied up with COVID. Even Johnson's last season in charge before the season stopped with COVID, which is what 1920, we were still in with a shout at the playoffs of that season. Although when the lads came back, it was disaster, which led to Lee Johnson's demise, and then the Holden debacle, and and then. Two and a half years of uh, Nigel Pearson, who uh, yeah, we have we we've 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 had moments. Yeah, of, we have. Of, I think we say Nigel. We, Nigel, we wish him the best. We wish him his health gets back because there's nothing worse than you know having a health issue. We wish him his his best for the future. He'll get a great reception when he comes back because I'm sure he's going to continue in football. And uh, as they say, we thank you for your service. And he has put the club. It is in a better place as a result of him being here than it was beforehand. And it's just a little bit of a shame that it ended in the way that it has done. Uh, and that's probably both parties haven't helped each other, help themselves on there. But look, we'll be back. We'll definitely be back reviewing the uh, QPR game, but we're going we're gonna to have a special episode this week. Uh, but I say I need to bring it to a close now. Ian, Mark and Les, thanks for your uh, support uh, today. And everybody who continues to listen, record audience today, listening, watching live on uh, on YouTube. So thanks for that. And uh, we'll uh, see you all again very, very soon. Goodbye. Have a lovely Sunday, everybody. As happy as a king When the red, red robin comes along Along There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are bubba bobbing along. When Richard Robbins come bubba bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.